Before we open it up to the audience for discussion, questions and answers, we've invited Patricia Vandeveld, who's the Gender Lead of Agricultural Practice from the World Bank, to give us some comments on it. So, welcome. I don't have a presentation. But I, I wanted to say thank you so much for these presentations and uh, for the opportunity here to briefly discuss, uh, discuss um, them. But I'm also terribly excited for the actual book that's about to come and the opportunity to disseminate this and use it, its findings and approaches. Um, the World Bank agriculture practice and the CG system are bound together in, in really so many ways. In the, in the field, in implementation, in reviews, in, re in research, our relationship goes, goes very deep. So I'd like to touch a little bit on that, which will lead me to sort of briefly mention how gender research in the CEG impacts us in our work as well. And then lastly, um, discuss a little bit how this book and these, this research can illuminate us going forward um, as World Bank. So what CGR research means for World Bank Ag projects, I took a brief scan um, of like all our, all our intersections and what CG research does for us. Um, and it's huge, um, the bulk, I'm not even going to list them all uh, over here, but the CG provides from implementation to providing the necessary evidence to survey imp information that we need to design a project in the first place to peer reviewing, everything is there. And the World Bank and the CG have always been, I think, contemporaneous and almost symbiotic. For every push out, for every pilot, there's been more questions. Um, and for every framework we have in place for a vast and very diverse sector, we need to question what the impacts and outcomes and the tiny little side effects are, but also the big effects, and we have all these things. So we need someone or something to interpret what we're doing and what works. And the CG has really acted as a sort of laboriously unpacking for us all the little things and the big things and the implications of our work and what policy changes are working. And what suggestions bring to actual farming lives. Um, and so we push each other, but I don't think the CG just pushes the bank. I think we push back as well, because what works small may not work big, as mentioned. Um, the CG tackles very complex issues and cross-sector approaches um, with different, like anthropology or psychology, which is very exciting. And then we need to work together to translate that into feasible projects and evidence for policy change. Um, um, so. It's terribly important in general for us to have that there's an assembly of a body of evidence and work and, and products as well across the CG system that point to rigorously tested evidence of success where, we, where it works, um, to push for better projects and to boost each other at the same time. In terms of the gender which cross-cuts all the CG institutions, it's especially true because gender is cross-cutting across all of them. And so I took a step back and I thought, about women in agriculture, um, which is like preaching to the choir in this room. Um, but women have been farmers and working in the agricultural sector, agricultural sector since there is an agricultural sector. Um, but the fact that we think about that is actually fairly new uh, comparatively. I think you mentioned maximum 30 years of thinking about women in agriculture when we've actually been thinking about improving yields and livelihood management, even climate. For thousands of years, we've been trying to do that in the agriculture sector. So this is actually fairly new. So our lens has changed. The environment which we want to think about women in agriculture has changed as well. We have all these new things. We have male-out migration. We have crops that can be tailored to nutrition and environmental conditions. It's a, it's a whole new world, really, this lens of women in agriculture. 
and we need some we need it, it needed to be unpacked we need it all dissected and the and because this world for women in agriculture has drastically changed from our view from the outside but also from the inside and so not just the world bank but i think development and or international orgs on the ground tackling sort of policy where, and governments and stakeholders but on a bigger sort of maybe perhaps lower level um, to make sense of this environment and we need the cg to to sort of continuously unpack that that sort of that understanding for us and provide the research i, I can't even begin to um sort of name all of the cg work on gender that has been useful for our work and that we've been using but so i'm just looking sort of like that land titling project might not necessarily do this or that. A behavior on training, uh, crop references, empowerment indices, limits on labor, all these things have just come in to the way of work. And I've told Ren on this, but it's worth repeating. The newsletter that we get from the gender platform, it's like getting your favorite magazine. <laughs> sort of like, and then, and then finding out there's going to be a book. <laughs> um, so it's sort of, and then so I sort of want to illustrate a little bit. So when you, as practitioners, when we read this, you sort of think, oh, so that's what they prefer to grow, or, oh, this is what this effect is being. Oh, I see now that this would not have worked, or, aha, I knew this wasn't working. But, and oh wow, that's cool. Like, this, 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 I often don't even read, I just scan it and then sort of indicate which ones I'm going to read first. Um, so that's, that's what it does and that's how it sort of interacts a little bit on the sort of superficial platform. But it also raises, I think, lastly, the very important question in which we're getting to today is not just what's working, what's not, but are we really empowering women? Or is our, and I speak sort of is our World Bank investment in women's ability to participate more fully in the agriculture sector actually empowering them? And that's what we really need this for. And that's why I'm so excited. <laughs> and I've seen, and I sort of think, see from the sides that we're no, that we have the potential now to no longer think of women in agriculture as a problem that needs fixing, but rather that like empowerment will both be the outcome and the process of working with what their needs, wants, and choices are, and how they feel about it. And I think that's that's an exciting place to be. And um, I saw that you sort of mentioned Kabir as your sort of overarching uh, sort, of, sort of definition. So I went back to that, which um, is typically the 1999 book, I think. And sort of a major factor behind women's disenfranchisement, I'm quoting from it, within the development process has been the gender biases entrenched with the routine rules and procedures through which mainstream development agencies distribute resources. And this is 1999, I think we've changed. I think we've done a lot differently. But if you just sort of unpack that, I think they're still sort of actually operating that way. And even the way we do agricultural projects. So what does it mean for us? I mean, we, and I think, World Bank Agriculture, we're in the business of doing agriculture and national, natural resource management projects. And much better in recent years, we are closing gender gaps. Now, we've moved away from mainstreaming. This is a bad word, mainstreaming. We don't, which is good, because I was just including women, which they were always there anyway. But we now think, how can our intervention, that we planned on doing anyway, contribute to closing a gender gap? And then we do have to rely on CG research, for example, on, all, on the inputs that we do, such as fertilizers, pesticides, financial credit, all these inputs and research on training models, whether it's extension or advisory services or, or business skills, and you know, more inclusion methods, such as land titling and their solutions. 
And we use them to sort of tailor the agricultural project, which we're going to do anyway. Um, but we still operate in the model that this is an agricultural sector development project, and this is how it will create benefits, and then we add on how to ensure it benefits women. So that's a lot of what my work does. And that's great, and we do actually find that we're, we're closing gender gaps that way. Uh, and we're able to do this thanks to the research work of the, the CG on gender in part and, and other institutions. Um, and it does work, but I'm really, really ready for the model to shift. And I think this, this bringing together of, of analysis and years of research of what works for women in the sector and to flip it so that we look ahead and sort of like to a paradigm shift where women use agriculture for empowerment and where we can design large-scale interventions in the agriculture sector and see them as gender equality interventions too. And that's, and I see this pivoting of the gender research and the CG as just that, where we move past women's needs, wants, and empowerment as project outcomes, but just really sector outcomes. And then, so I'm going to go back to Naila Kabir again, who ends the, the sort of chapter that I just quoted, that only when participation goes beyond participation at project level to interning the broader policy-making agenda that their strategic interests can become an enduring influence in the course of development. <coughs> and this is really what I see reflecting finally happening. And it's, and it's how, it's really wonderful to be able to think of gender empowerment and equality first, and then let's say, let's see what then agriculture brings to that discussion and get to the future. And, so I want to thank you for setting the groundwork of providing the body of evidence that we can and should do that. But I also think there's a lot more work to do on this, and I think these were all mentioned in the slides, um, like how do we translate this to project intervention type mentality change? Um, how do we put this into policy? How do we drive a framework shift? Um, how do we package this? You know, it's all great, but it's preaching to the converted really in this book. Big fan. But some, we have to package this as well to make, to dumb it down a little bit even, to sort of, or even make it financially viable, unfortunately. <laughs> so this is just the beginning, and it's so exciting to have this beginning and to really think we can, we can think of agricultural sector interventions differently through this body. But I think you, you may have opened the floodgates, and we're just going to be clamoring for, for more and, and better research. And sort of like, just to end, it's sort of like, I was looking at the question that was, outlined in the beginning um, of the sort of the outline of the talk and it's sort of like I was trying to think what it came to in my head it was ask not what you can do for equality in agriculture but whether rather what can agriculture do for equality <laughs> 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 <laughs>